0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Mike for Success. If you haven't, uh, go hit the like button. Go subscribe on Spotify and Apple Music. Go hit all the channels, Instagram, Twitter, and all that, all of those amazing stuff. We got plenty of fun talent to teach you guys all about the upcoming careers you, all you kids want to join. And maybe if you're 20 years old and you want to get into these careers, you can find some more access and a bunch of insight. But today, we got Casey Bear who is an upcoming artist, singer, and songwriter, who's 19 years old from Calabasas, who is killing it. I've actually had the chance to uh, see this girl grow up from a young age, and I'm friends with her older brother, Jake Bear. Shout out to you. But Casey, who is a rising star, and you guys are going to learn all about her today. But welcome, Casey.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Thank God for Jake.
0: Thank God for Jake. Yeah, Jake's finally playing baseball. New Mexico State. Let's go, bud. Kill it.
1: Yeah linking it through
0: Casey we're gonna start off from the very beginning um, for all of you who actually don't know who Casey is uh, she's gonna explain herself right now I want to explain a little bit about you for people who don't know who you are
1: totally so I am 19 years old I'm a singer-songwriter like Michael just said but I have had a interesting mental game to play along with I grew up with super super bad anxiety which was very debilitating at points and it really changed the course of my life for the better because now I'm able to live my dream. But growing up, especially when I was younger, I was not the person that would just like go for days on end, like 50,000 friends sleepovers, like it would need to be a little bit more structured. And I always wanted to have music in my life. And that's what made me always feel so much more comfortable. And everybody always asks me when do I feel most comfortable and my honest answer is either on stage in the recording studio or in a writing session or even just singing anywhere so that's kind of been my therapy per se but I've always done music I grew up doing musical theater and I've done I don't even know how many shows a bunch and I always knew I wanted to be a pop singer but Musical theater was definitely my, my ish for a long time. Oh yeah. That was, I was a big theater girl.
0: A big theater girl. Mm-hmm. What age did you start doing theater?
1: I was six. Six is my very first show performing on stage. It was highlight of my life. I was Minnie Sharpay in a high school musical musical and they made the role for me because I don't really think they're giving a six-year-old in a cast of six to 18 the lead role, which in my head at the time, I really thought I should have gotten, but now looking back, why would they give the six-year-old the lead? But it was a highlight of my life that I got to say I was Minnie Sharpay. So that was where I got the performing bug. And when I was two and a half, when I was three years old, I was at the Hillary Duff concert with my mom and my uncle, and I was sitting on my uncle's lap, It was the house of blues and all i remember is just screaming i want to be up there and i started crying because i wasn't on stage with her singing And so i was hysterically crying saying i wanted to be up there with her and that's kind of when i made a promise to myself that this is it this is what i'm doing one day i will be on that stage
0: right and starting from the very beginning i mean we talked the other day you and i both have gone through the struggles from the very beginning I have auditory processing. I have a learning disability I had to overcome growing up in high school. And my founding part was music. I mean, music made me feel like I was in another world. I can teach myself anything and make myself as good as my mind can take me. And that's what I'm doing today. Same thing to you. You had a little bit of a struggle starting off and you found your happy place in music. And take me through that. Take me through the very beginning and how you found music and singing and your whole cre- creative side of yourself.
1: Yeah. So. I have been singing for literally as long as I can remember. And since the day I could even like use my voice to hum was all I would ever do. My parents were like, why is she doing this all the time? They thought it was like, oh, like babies make weird noises sometimes, but it was constant. And then as soon as I could talk, I was singing always. And I'd be walking down the stairs singing, Mary had a little lamb with like vibrato and like just crazy stuff that like babies wouldn't be doing. And I just remember it was like the only thing I ever wanted to do. And from six on, that was, that was it. I played sports growing up, but singing was always number one and acting. I love acting as well. I also do act.
0: What type and of sports did you do growing up?
1: I started playing tennis when I was four and I still play like most jays. Like I've been playing my entire life, but. Now I've been playing every day other than this like past two weeks because it's been like 117.
0: Right, coming from brothers that played baseball and sports and surrounded by boys in your house, what, did you have your mom or your dad inspire you to get into music in a way? Did your parents play piano? Did a piano just pop up in your house and you just start playing? How did it all start?
1: honestly, so my family's really big into sports and baseball. I actually never wanted to play baseball. My dad begged me like every day. He was like, I'll buy you a pink bat, pink glove, like whatever you want. And I always said no. So I played soccer and tennis and that was, that was really fun. And I had a lot of friends that I played soccer with as well. And it was kind of like two separate lives. Like I had my soccer friends and then I had like all my theater friends and stuff like that which is really cool to have like both sides and nobody in my entire family anywhere has any musical bone in their body, like literally. And that's kind of what was so crazy about you know, me growing up being a singer is no one knew where it came from. There was like literally no explanation. And then I started to play piano when I was around five And I played for a long time. And then I started to hide from my teacher who would come to my house. So stopped it for a little bit, started and stopped piano for a little while. And then I really fluidly started playing well when I was like 15. And I ended up teaching myself for like most of the things that I know because no one ever taught. I always wanted to learn how to play pop music and accompany myself.
0: Let's start there. How, How did you, how did you teach yourself? Because I did the same process. I use YouTube. I used my older cousins that my grandparents had a piano at their house and I learned Mad World on there. how did you start teaching yourself for all the kids out there one doing the same thing?
1: So it's actually a really interesting story. I I've played my whole life and I've had teacher after teacher trying everyone trying to convince me just to play classical and read sheet music. And, you know, I did that for a long time because, you know, I was a little kid. I didn't know. And it was just never anything I was super interested in and looking back, I realized so much and I'm so curious as to why nobody ever taught me this, but I learned by playing chords when I was about 14. Yeah, I was probably 14 when I started really playing and this one teacher was like, yeah, do you know, like, you know, you have like your C chord, like your A minor, like just tell me, I'm like, yeah, like I've heard of them, but I don't really know that much about them. And she's like, you've taken piano lessons before. And I was like, yeah, for years. And they're like, they never taught you. I was like, no, they were so focused on me trying to learn a classical song. So I found this site, it's called guitar tabs. And I found every song that I could have ever wanted to play, found it on there. And I just taught myself every single chord imaginable and Memorized them. Now, I add other stuff to it. But at the time, I would just play the chords and play them double time or whatever. And now I'm able to, you know, embellish on those with other little things that I hear. And now I play by ear a lot, just from you know, knowing the route.
0: Knowing the route. I I do the same thing. And it's funny you, you explained your own story right now because me growing up, it was the same way. I learn I basically I know who, who your your dream artist is and who your lover is I will get into that Justin Bieber. but I had the same way I had a bunch of artists I loved I wanted to play their songs on the piano I just didn't know how to so I would go to YouTube and I would learn um just do it by ear do it by watching little you know YouTube tutorials and just grind my way out on trying to pl- play my play my dream song that I wanted to play And exactly agree it, it's hard at first I went from one finger two finger to like rolling to you know different chords and I was the same way people would ask me play this chord play that chord I had zero clue what they were talking about all I knew was how it sounds how many fingers I put down and just you know sound the music just play I think you have that in common
1: totally and I wasn't born with like perfect pitch or anything so it was super hard learning all those things and now learning the piano Basically, I started over again, and nothing I had really been taught before was anything relevant to what I was going to do. So I really just started from the beginning of what I wanted to do, and I just worked up from that. You have to find what helps you the most. For me, it was that list of chords, and I just memorized them all, and now any song I want to play, I look up the chords, and I can play them. But now that I can do that, I can also embellish and add other little notes here and there in the transition. Take which you, was super great.
0: Take me through the the transition of you singing and playing at the same time. I don't so, have a talent to do that. It's super difficult for me. For you, that's what you do and that's what you love. Take me through the very first time that you start singing and playing at the same time.
1: Well, the first song I ever taught myself, which is like so important to me, I tell everybody this, was Let It Be by the Beatles, which is like one of my all-time favorite songs. So cliche, but it is. And I remember just like going like ba, da, da, da. And I was like, okay, that's it. And as soon as that started happening, singing with the piano was very, very natural because singing was super easy. For me and it came so naturally that it's also like I'm talking to you right now and I'm snapping my fingers so that's kind of what it felt like so singing was the easy part the piano playing fluidly took a while because I had to match the timing and the way I sang my vocal timing is much better even to this day than my instrumental timing and That's also what has helped me get so much better is my voice is also like the leader. So I basically follow what I'm going to do, which is probably the best advice I can give to anybody learning to play the piano and sing or any instrument is follow your voice as well because you have to follow your voice while you're playing the instrument and the instrument has to give your voice somewhere to go. So it's basically like a roadmap. Like right. if I don't take my voice here, my piano going here won't make sense. If I don't take my piano here and my voice is going here, doesn't make sense.
0: That is that is a great point. I will say that. Yeah. What about what about growing up? Because you did the untraditional route. You oh, went yeah. to school for a little bit, but then went into homeschooling at your house. And uh, coming from an area where we both live in Calabasas and, and Agora, most parents throw their kids in the school and they. Say, so have fun. You're going to learn and I'm going to go to work and then you're get good grades and you're going to go to college. What was it like doing homeschool with uh, two little brothers? I went to school, but you did homeschooling. Take me through the process.
1: So I went to private school my whole life, basically, up until like four months into ninth grade. And up to there, I was like, I have no time, no time for singing, acting, playing piano, anything. All I ha- was doing is homework. And then we had to play sports because I didn't want to do PE, so obviously I'd play a sport. And by the time I'd get home from practice, it was seven o'clock. Then I had three hours of homework. And when was I going to get time to practice, play piano? Weekends, so much homework. And I was also an anxiety filled child. So did not help at all. Sitting in classrooms is not a strength of mine. And school was just never really one of my strengths. It's always been a weakness of mine. And I finally convinced my parents, mostly my dad. My mom was more on board. My dad was like, I don't know what we're doing. And at first it was really hard because they give you so much work when you're homeschooled. Like I remember vividly in ninth grade, we had to, I had a hundred math problems a day and I am incredibly terrible at math and just work like that, like so much, so unnecessary and it just made it so hard. And then I found another program, which I really loved and started to thrive in, which really made it so much easier and gave me the time I was actually looking for to do all the things I wanted, such as taking more vocal lessons, writing and all that stuff. And that was the age where I was told about writing at first because I had no concept that I needed to write music. So when I was about 15, my vocal coach at the time was like, you need to write music. And I was like, what? Who writes music? Like?" they're just singers. And he's like, no, the ones that are just singers, they're not coming around as often. So he was like, you got to learn how to write. And for months I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. And music has always come so, so, so naturally to me that I was so confused onto what was going on. And I told him to take a few lessons, didn't get it. And then he was like, We're going to a writing retreat with this songwriter. His name is James Fauntleroy. He's one of the most famous writers. He wrote for Bruno Mars, Justin Timberlake, Rihanna, who is my queen. He's written for Kanye. He's written for everybody. And he even has a song named after him on Rihanna's anti-album. It's called James Joint. That's like literally him.
0: Wow, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. And... So I went there and I had to write a song for the first time. Basically, I was 16 and he was like, you have to perform for everybody. Write your song before and come perform. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I wrote my first song. It was horrendous. And I performed for everybody. I messed up so terribly. And my vocal coach was like, just give everyone a round of applause for Casey. This is the first song she's ever written. And What was
0: your song about? Would you write? It
1: was it was called the best of me,
0: and why was it so bad?
1: I just I had no idea how to write a song. I actually found the paper, of the piece of notebook paper I wrote it on a couple weeks ago.
0: Right. And Let's go through a little learning lesson right now because I write sometimes, but people probably want to understand the breakdown of writing. What was a day one Casey writing a writing a song? To uh, today writing a song. What is the stuff that you know today that you didn't know back then a way of structuring how to write a song a way of putting your feelings in certain, you know, bars like take me through a little bit of inside of what you know now compared to what you didn't know on that first day.
1: My best advice for any songwriter is there is no advice like there is no right or wrong way to write a song. Seriously, I My problem, my biggest problem was I was looking for someone to tell me exactly how and all the ingredients that each song needed to have in it and how many lines, how many bars, how many beats, like what should I write here? What is the topic I write in here? And there really is no concrete answer. It's kind of whatever you're feeling. And I have a lot of feelings. So writing, thank God, comes naturally, which is really amazing. And I'm super grateful for that. And I write all of my songs are true stories and I like, I write in a storyteller type of way. Taylor Swift writes as a storyteller. Basically it's, I start from square one and I try and bring a full picture to the end. So in my new song, Jealous that I just released, it starts as you're only happy when I'm down and out. So it's painting that original picture saying, okay, we know what this is going to be about. And titles are super, super big for me because if I know for me, if I'm looking on Spotify or Apple Music new releases and I see a title that intrigues me, I'm going to listen to the song if it's an unknown artist. But if there's just like a title, like, you know, something random that has really no relevance or doesn't have anything behind that, I'm like, oh, there could be some tea in this. So it's kind of what I think, like, what I would click on a song to hear is why titles are the first things you see and the first thing you hear. So I try and write with the title in mind. And that's usually how I come up with the concept. I have maybe 2,000 notes just about music on my phone. And a lot of them have a title or they're a title for a song I want to write. I wrote a song the other day. It's called After You. I had after as a cool title I thought it was super super cool. I didn't put that much thought into it yet. And I was going back to figure out what I wanted to write about and the title really jumped out at me. And so I turned it into After You. And I just wrote that song maybe 2 days ago. And so that's kind of my process. I really take everything from my own experience and I try and bring it into a full story. So by the end of the song, I hope you understand what I'm saying, and my message makes sense to you.
0: And living in Calabasas, do you write in the mountains? Do you ever go to Malibu and sit on the beach? Is there one secret location in your house you always write, or is it just when it comes to mind, you had a bad experience, you have a lover, you have a boyfriend crush, whatever it is, you just write it, write it down, write it in on your phone?
1: Usually it comes to me randomly. So if I haven't, I don't usually just sit down and be like, okay, let me rack my brain of what I'm gonna write. Usually I have that work predetermined for me. So today I was driving to go pick up something curbside from someplace in Santa Monica. And I'm driving and I'm like, oh my God, that's an amazing idea. So I click on the voice thing on my car and I'm like, make a note saying blah, blah, blah as a line. And when I got back, when I was parked waiting, I looked at the line. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's deep. That's really good. And so probably tomorrow or the next couple of days, I'll end up writing a song using that line because I felt so connected to it. And usually writing, I end up doing either here in my room or downstairs in my home studio, especially because I can't go anywhere. But up until like before quarantine, I'd always write studios sometimes or at co-writers houses or their studio. So I've written, I wrote Jealous, my new single, over Zoom, and I recorded all the vo- vocals in my studio. So and That
0: is something that, I mean, I hope more artists are doing that right now because that's their only option, but that's a story to talk about, writing it over Zoom. Take me through that process. I mean, I was going to wait till Jealous till the end, but we'll talk about it now. How did you write it through Zoom? How did you produce it? What? What? Like That's unheard of a production that no one does, like no one's ever done
1: so this is a crazy story and so my she's become my best friend and she's my co-writer her name is annie i love her to death and we are so incredibly similar it's creepy like i'll be feeling something and i'm like annie like i think we should write a song about this and she's like are you kidding and i'm like no is it bad and she's like i said this yesterday and she just really gets what I'm saying and I get what she's saying. So it's a super open conversation and it just goes so quickly and we flow so nicely together because we really do speak the same language. And so if it wasn't for us being able to write together over quarantine, I don't think the song would have turned out as amazing because you know, it was the first thing I've ever written in quarantine. I was like, what are we even doing? And the challenge began because we were deciding who should play the instrument to start off. And usually we'll play an instrument if we don't have, you know, a track already. And she plays guitar. I play piano. And so we're like, oh, do you want to play it? Do I want to play it? Trying to figure out what chords would sound best. What would be the vibe for the song? And I had come in with the idea of jealous and jealousy. And I was like, maybe we do this and she and I would try things back and forth. And I was like, you know what? Keep it on guitar. I really like it there. And the hard thing was, is it's lag. So you can't sing at the same time because it's like I'm singing. And then three seconds later, she can hear me.
0: That is super difficult. Even right now doing this podcast. I mean, half my podcast, I have to be virtual. Now I can't even cut people off because it lags. I'm doing it through music and singing. Yeah. I mean, that's even more difficult. I don't even know how you guys even did that.
1: So basically, she would play it and sing it as we went along and I would, so we would write it and then I would sing it like, you know, right here and then she'd start playing the guitar and then she would sing it so it's all together and it honestly, it took a little while to get used to, but to be completely honest, we knocked out that song in less than three hours, writing, idea, everything and learning how to do it over Zoom.
0: What about the whole production? Because that's the next stage. Once you get the chords and the lyrics down, now it comes into finding a producer that can create your vision.
1: So this is where the story gets even crazier. The producer of the song, his name is Dan book, he is phenomenal. Like one of the most talented people I've ever seen in my entire life. And I say seen because I actually never met him in person, which is wild. But Dan and I produced the song over FaceTime. We had like four sessions for like five hours each, like trying to figure out what we wanted. And he was throwing out ideas. I was throwing out ideas. And we finally came on to the type of song we wanted and what made the most sense with the lyrics. And he made it come to freaking life. I, my expectations were not that high because I was like, you know what? Like, Let's just try and do whatever we can. You know, we're in quarantine; we don't have any other options. And the song came out better than I could have ever even imagined.
0: Are you an artist that you go into the studio, or you Facetime him, and you know what you want? You tell him this is the type of sound I want. I want an EDM vibe. I want a pop vibe. Or are you an artist that goes in there and says, "Come up with three different, you know, little mixes, and I'll see if I vibe to any of them?"
1: So usually, I really like to be involved in the creative. So I come in with an idea and a vibe and I'm a mainstream pop singer with a little edge. So that's what I go with. I know that I want it to be in that genre. So that's already established. And then kind of what I want the sound to be. and The way I usually think of it is how does this song make me feel? And then we kind of talk about the feeling in it and he just really got what I was saying. And I showed him some songs. I was like, you know what? I feel like this, this song kind of fits in this wheelhouse. Like I really love this beat on this song. I love the guitar on this song. And we kind of started to build it from other songs and it kind of came to life super quickly. And he sent me a super quick demo of it. It was like, just record scratch vocals so I can finish building it. And recorded some vocals, nothing crazy, like maybe four takes each line. And I sent them, and he was like, wait, were these scratch? And I was like, yeah, oh my God, is it bad? He's like, no, they're incredible. Like I want to leave these for the original vocal. And I was like, really? He's like, trust me, they're amazing.
0: Where'd you, where did you record them? In the studio downstairs?
1: Yeah, in my studio, all by myself.
0: So he was thinking you were just going to voice memo some... You know lyrics over and you just full out recorded it yourself did your little do it
1: on a mic and everything but i don't think we both expected for it to be that close to what we had imagined it being and especially writing songs you really put so much emotion into them that it makes it so different that when you sing your song versus somebody else's yes i connect to tons of other songs because i have similar experiences or I believe this and they believe that and all these other things, but singing your own song, you just have such a level of passion with it because it's your
0: life. It's like unlocking a key. You just unlock your own mind and it's now in music form and you understand it.
1: Totally, totally. And it's like, I write solely from my feelings, my emotions and stuff I go through. So it's all so, so personal to me. Like, i was talking to annie my co-writer two days ago and i was like i want to write a sad song like i want you and me right here just to cry and write it because you know i'm a really great crier i take pride in it i'm super talented at crying so if anybody needs help crying come to me that's where i get all of my inspiration from and where i dig from to get that passion to put into that song when i'm recording i'm like wow you know this hits and when right. you know, you know.
0: Right, and you also have another inspiration, which I saved for now: Justin Bieber. And this is someone that you adore. You, what? You have the same birthday as him? Is that no, no? he got married. He got on. Married on the same day, right? Um, take me through what Justin Bieber has done for you as an artist and mentoring <sighs> you in his artist form growing up, and you inspired to be like him. Take me through that.
1: So Justin is an extremely, extremely special person to me. He changed my life. When I was in middle school, around 12, I went through a really traumatic experience at school. And that's kind of where I got some of my really, really, really bad anxiety from. And it was so debilitating. I stopped going to school for a part of seventh grade. And... I was sitting in my room crying all day long because I was so nervous and scared and I just had no idea what was wrong. And when anybody used to ask me what was wrong, I would be like, I don't know or everything's wrong. Why do you feel this? I don't know. Like what's what's bothering you? Everything. Those were like the two things I always remember saying because especially with anxiety, it's not always easy to determine what it is, which is also another thing that kind of sucks. So it's like you can't put an immediate stop to it but really i just didn't know what to do and i was so stuck and i had no idea how i'd even get out of this hole and when justin released his purpose album is when everything changed for me and basically it turned my life around instead of sitting in my bed crying all day long i was getting up and listening to the music and realizing music makes me so happy that instead of sitting crying i could be crying, singing, or whatever it is. And Purpose, that song, single-handedly changed my life because it made me realize, like, you know what? He's so vulnerable with everything he's been through. Like, that kid has been through the freaking ringer. And the way he just stated all that stuff and Purpose and Life is Worth Living, it's like, wow, like, you know, people feel the same way. And it's not just a you thing. You're not the only one feeling it. And I knew that, but I never really knew it because no one, no one where I grew up in Calabasas had any of these problems. Everybody was always like, show the best, hide the rest. Like everything that wasn't normal was shunned upon. And especially going to school, everybody was the same. And every group of people hung out from the day they were in kindergarten together till now. And... It's a hard thing, especially knowing that everybody does the same thing. Right. And especially going through that while his song came out, his whole album, but that song just made me feel like, like everything was going to be okay. And that if he can do it, I can do it. And just the way that music even – let alone without the lyrics, like the music itself made me feel, just kind of like changed everything for me. And I don't know how I could ever repay him or anything, obviously, you know, he's Justin, so. But my goal in life, ever since that day, when I first heard it, is to be able to write something like that, that changes people's lives, even half the way he's changed mine because i say it all the time without him i don't know where i'd be right now i'd probably be sitting in my bed crying or i'd be miserable going to college or who even knows but i know i definitely wouldn't have been in the position i am now which i am so grateful for the intense debilitating anxiety for that reason right and- There is not an ounce of that I'd ever wish on my worst enemy. It is the worst feeling in the entire world because it just feels like you're so stuck and nothing is going to help you figure out what's wrong. And anxiety is also the fear of the unknown and the fear of not being in control. And anxiety really, you're not in control. So that song kind of showed me so many things and so many different parts of me that I was able to start pulling and realizing that one of his songs, everything's going to be all right. But my goal in life is to create purpose the way he did that. And purpose is like my all time favorite word now.
0: Right. If you had to give a message to everyone out there that has anxiety and goes through this and doesn't speak up about it and maybe they are an artist, maybe they're doing creative other stuff that puts their mind and happiness in another place. Is there any advice you would give for someone that went through it and is still going through the process of going through it?
1: Totally. So my first thing is to seek help, whether it's a parent, a friend, a teacher, your guardian, anybody that you trust, please talk to them because that immediately makes it so much better. And when I first began to go through all of this stuff, anxiety was like, nobody talked about it. And now people are starting to talk about it and raise the stigma, which is something I'm super, super passionate about. And it's like, people go through stuff, but remember the things you go through are unique to you and everything is going to be all right. If you just trust the process. And I'm a super firm believer in everything happens for a reason. And When you think of it, anxiety is just making you a better person, which is so hard to hear when you're going through it at the time. Like a couple weeks ago, I was like, oh my God, this is not good. And I started to feel like I was slipping back in and especially harping on yourself when you feel like something's going to go wrong. Like you can't be upset at yourself for feeling a certain way because that's only going to make it worse. And you should feel your feelings because if you don't feel your feelings, you're going to bottle them up. And one day they're going to explode and you're not going to be able to control it. And little by little, you learn to control it and cope in every different form. Find something that you love doing to distract yourself when there's something wrong. I always, always, always used TV. So if I was ever super anxious or something was happening or, it was just not a great day. I would turn on a show that I know that's comforting. I honestly wouldn't really do anything that's new. Like, I, Friends is one of my all-time favorite shows, and I would turn on Friends anytime I felt anything, and it was just so comforting. Also, with anxiety, you need that feeling of comfort because it's so uncomfortable. And also, one of my biggest tips I can give you, learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And it's okay not to be okay. Those are like my two biggest things. Because I am uncomfortable all the freaking time. Like, there's literally a war going on up here at all times.
0: Are, aren't we all? I think we're all uncomfortable 24-7. Between relationships, right. between sweet, sweet performing, between uh, acing your math test. I suck at math also. I mean, I got anxiety over that. But everything, there's always a challenge. There's always an uphill battle to get to the top and overcome challenges even. Your best friends, people have challenges every day with your parents and siblings. There's a million things going on in the world that people have challenges of and you just got to overcome them in the lightest, happiest way, in my opinion, like you're saying.
1: Yeah, and honestly, the best thing my parents ever did for me was allow me to be happy. Because if I wasn't able to be homeschooled, I wasn't happy. That was like their biggest thing is they were like, wow, she's so unhappy. Happiness is the best key to life right and every single day i wake up and i strive for happiness i don't strive for many other things because that will fall into your lap when you set yourself up for success and happiness health and happiness are the two most important things in the world especially because if you don't have health and if you don't have happiness you have nothing
0: right and speaking of happiness We're going to move on to probably the most happiest times you've had, which is performing and making your music videos. And take me through for a girl that is this young and for everyone out there that is below 21 years old and so has parents that are maybe trying to make things happen or not. uh, You've been lucky enough to have amazing people around you make your dream come true. What was it like creating your first music video and also performing and just learning from mentors and producers around you on how to get it in the most professional way?
1: so i really started writing music and once i learned how and actually was able to i was about 17 and a half and that's when i was like this is it i'm gonna perform my own music and last year i spent the entire year performing at every la hotspot la iconic place and i also performed in New York at the New York music expo. And I also performed at playlist live twice this year and last year, which was super, super great. And performing is truly where I feel the most comfortable because it's singing is just so it comes so naturally to me that it makes me feel comfortable. Right. And just the feeling of having people there that are listening to you, And also going back to the purpose thing is I listened so much to that song. And when people listen to your songs, they're getting your message. So whatever you're writing, no matter how much or how little, even one word can help somebody. Right. And performing was just always so it was just such an adrenaline and it wasn't like a, Oh, here we go. It was just like, okay, like, let's do this, like super fun. And I have an incredible band. No, but they're the most amazing people. And they've taught me so much about music. That's unparalleled. Like probably the people that have taught me the most about music, especially because they've toured the world, they've gone everywhere. They know what happens on a stage,
0: right? And things happen on stage, like, you know, as a singer, like, forget your lyrics, you one bass player, you know, gets sick, and you don't have a bass player. Now, like, a lot of things happen, lights go out, like,
1: that was a super, super big thing. Because these are all very professional musicians. The odds are of them going out and touring in the middle, very large, and it happened. So my guitarist, who was my musical director, and basically like one of my favorite people. He played keys and guitar and sax for Katie. And he was so adamant on having backups for every single person. And he always told me, he's like, yes, I love being here, but I'm not always going to be able to be here running the show with you. You need to be the one that's capable to run the show without anybody else. And then he went on tour and I was heartbroken
0: because I was like, what am I going to do without you? And he taught you everything. He taught you what you needed to know. And look, now you're running your own show.
1: He did. And he also set me up with the most incredible backup players as well. And my, the rest of my band is so freaking incredible. And my drummer really stepped up and became the musical director and really put everything together for all the time he was gone. And now they work together doing all these things and he's back Thank God. and it's just so great to have like the og team you know right there were so many times where we were like oh we got to find another one this guy has a gig this guy has something and then we gotta find backups for everybody we had three backups uh three backup drummers three backup guitarists three backups of everything Right. and we've used all of them because you know performance is somewhat a last minute thing and there are opportunities you can't turn down. So that was super important learning how to play with everybody, not just people that I rehearse with and know super well and being able to like mesh with them also and being comfortable with them. Right. So performing really taught me so
0: much. And speaking of performing, let's explain a little about how how to actually get into that position. How did you even get into in, into performing? Someone like me who's a who's a producer, I can produce a song, I can find a singer like you. Um, if one of my singer friends wants to, you know, if my song blows up, song blows up with her, what is your strategy on trying to perform, trying to get your name out there, getting record companies to notice you and notice your talent at such a young age?
1: Honestly, try everything because you never know which door has an unlocked key or a key to unlock it. But what did you do? I, so how I really began is I started with musical theater and then as I got older, you know, production and theater wasn't really what I had my mindset on. And I was about 16 or 17 and I posted one minute covers every other Saturday at noon on my Instagram. And that's where I began to pick up some traction. And before that, I had like 900 followers. I was a private account, and They were all just people from school and growing up. And now I have almost 105,000 followers, which is crazy on Instagram. And my biggest recommendation is put yourself out there and be consistent. Consistency is what everybody's looking for. Because in today's world, there are so many incredibly talented people that it's, you know, the pool is so big, but there are some people that check all the boxes, you know, learn to write music, play an instrument, be consistent, get vocal lessons, you know, train yourself to be the best you could possibly be. And that's what I did. I have voice lessons every week still. And I take vocal care super, super seriously. And learning the correct way to sing and the safe way to sing is one of the most important things
0: that you I have a, a warm up routine. You want to demonstrate?
1: <sighs>
0: like, what do you do for your for your warm up? What do you do? So,
1: basically, I actually was live earlier on my Instagram. I performed "Jealous" live on the piano, and before that, I when I warm up with my vocal coach every week, we he usually gives me a different warm up. So I have 50,000 voice memos of vocal lessons, whether it's like the scales doing buh or buh or any of that, or going like all those little things that vocal coaches teach you and it takes care of your voice. So it opens it up, it warms it up. And it also keeps it healthy and maintains the way everything is because vocal cords are extremely sensitive and they're super, super tiny. I had really bad laryngitis last year for like two weeks. And it was this, let me
0: guess you had to perform and you're like, this is not happening.
1: Well, I was going into a meeting with Disney
0: and you need your voice on that one.
1: Yeah. And the day before I lost it and my manager had flew out from New York
0: no way so yeah. what What did you do
1: um got to the meeting and i talked and didn't end up singing but it went really well and i talked and we had a great time and then the next day literally had no voice like it was like that
0: but what if you would have had to perform what if you probably would have given them a demo is there any advice you probably would give if someone's in that position Maybe well, have something locked and ready on your phone to just show them
1: to oh yeah i have thousands of things prepared, and voice memos, and videos of myself singing, and everything, and I film everything, all my concerts, my parents filmed, and I have everything, but that's also super important, so film yourself anytime you sing, or hit any milestone, because that's one of the things I'm most grateful for, is I have every moment, every big milestone that I've been able to accomplish so far, I have it, just super great, and Basically, my biggest recommendation is drink a boatload of, tho- of throat coat.
0: Oh, a throat, throat coat? coat. What it's, is that?
1: It's a tea. You can buy it at any store or whatever. It's just called throat coat.
0: It's throat like coat. Throat. I've never heard of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's basically singer's best friend. Don't talk and stay as hydrated as possible, warm liquids and a bunch of natural lozenges and honey honey is really great not too much though because it's like you know but take care of them I went to um a vocal doctor and they showed me what my vocal cords looked like and boy they are tiny and very very delicate
0: they are called million dollar you know body parts so you break it you're screwed if you don't just keep them alive as long as possible yeah Treat them like a muscle because they are a muscle.
1: Yeah. Treat them like literally like the most fragile thing in the world because that's it. That's all you got. Seriously. Because if you can't sing, you can't talk.
0: That is true. That is true. Is and what... already,
1: if you lost your voice, talking regular is way better than whispering. Do not whisper.
0: Oh, really? Why?
1: Because whispering strains your voice more.
0: Seriously? hmm
1: Also, never funny? scream.
0: Never scream. Good thing I don't scream. For all the ladies out there, you guys scream every day. So props to you.
1: Yeah, especially at concerts and stuff like that. From a young age, I was about maybe like 13. And my vocal coach was like, I was like, I'm going to concert tonight or whatever. And they're like, you better not scream. And I was like, why? And they're like, screaming is the worst thing you could do for your vocal cords. And vocal cords are literally a rubber band. So these are vocal cords. They stretch, but can't stretch them too much because they will snap. They don't directly
0: snap, but if you want to know more about vocal cords, just contact Dr. Bear over here. She will explain how vocals work and how you get them nice and ripe and fit for your beautiful voice to come out. But before we end that here, um, I want you to talk about jealous and your new single you just released on Friday, or when this comes out, people will see it got released a long time ago, knowing this will be there for a while. But explain jealous.
1: August twenty first, twenty
0: twenty. Can you repeat that again for? So dink didn't cut out.
1: Oh, um, it released on August 21st, 2020.
0: And will you be performing anywhere in the future? And
1: well, that is a wonderful question. And I have that question too. So world, can I please perform? Thank you. I don't know yet, but I do go live on my Instagram a lot and perform today. I actually did an acoustic cover, not a cover because it's my song, an acoustic performance of jealous on the piano for a bunch of my little cubs. So that was really fun. And I do that kind of stuff all the time. So that's cool. And I post covers all the time. So I try and stay connected with everybody like that. And just finding any opportunity now with the whole quarantine and trying to figure out how to perform and keep some normalcy. And I'm trying to find ways every day that I can perform maybe like over Zoom. I could have like a bunch of people come into a Zoom thing or record it and then have it Live somewhere, you know, just trying to figure out any way possible I can get it out there live.
0: You just gotta blast it on everything. That's what I've learned. Don't be afraid to put, I mean, your content is A plus, your songs are A plus, but people making songs out there or covers or media, if it's bad, there's no such thing as bad. There's always improvement, but you just throw it out there, someone out there will actually like it. As long as you reach one person in the world, that's all that matters. And that's what I say more you put out there the more you're gonna grow the more you're gonna experience what you can learn about yourself about making better quality media and in the music world better quality songs and learning from people's reactions and for everyone out there if you haven't checked out jealous go check it out also check out strangers and your touch which is what edm both of them are edm songs
1: those two are both edm and my previous single make me hate you but yeah jealous is my newest single it's Completely quarantine-made. Like I said, I recorded all the vocals here at my house and wrote it on Zoom and produced it on Zoom. So that's also really crazy. And, you know, I'm working on an EP right now, and I have some really fun stuff coming on it. But I'm doing all of this stuff in quarantine. So,
0: And if she's doing this all in quarantine, people, if you are sitting on your butt doing nothing, start doing something because... This is the time to work. And this is where millions and millions of great ideas are going to come about. And look at this, you're not getting stopped by quarantine, you're producing over Zoom. And that's something a lot of artists out there have probably not thought about doing right now.
1: Totally. And I, I've really taken this time to better my craft so much. I mean, I've been learning how to produce, I'm learning guitar, and just getting better and stronger for when this is over, hopefully soon. But when it's over, I'll be able to be the best version of myself to perform Jealous for you guys and some other new songs.
0: There you go. Well, yeah. I hope everyone enjoyed this. I hope everyone loved Casey Bear. She is a rising star. Uh, mark my word. Hopefully in the future, people can come back to this and be like, wow, this is Ariana Grande before Ariana Grande. This is insane. I can learn about her story. And for all of you guys that don't follow her, your Instagram is Casey Bear, correct?
1: Yes, with two R's.
0: And any other socials that you're on that you want people to follow? YouTube channel?
1: Yeah, my YouTube is just Casey Bear. And for the duration of TikTok, mine's I'm Casey Bear. And my Twitter is Casey Bear number seven. So go check me out there. And also, since trailer is the new thing, my username is just Casey Bear.
0: Check out Trailer, because TikTok might go down, maybe or maybe not. But... This was another episode of Mike for success. I hope you guys all loved Casey and learned a lot. And it'd help if all you guys can go on all the socials and YouTube and Apple podcasts and like Mike for success and follow it because there's amazing more people just like Casey will come on in the future and explain their journey. But um, that is it. And I hope you guys all get up and do something and make yourself productive just like Casey's doing. and.
1: Totally. Thank you so much for having me. And
0: no problem. Anyways, we're tuning out and peace out.
1: Bye, guys.